also go back 30 years to find a black female prosecuting barrister was quite incredible and I thought she was awesome. I just remember watching her thinking, I want to do what you do. This, this is it. That was my epiphany. It sort of ignited something in me. I just wanted, I sounds really lame, you, I want to see justice being done. I loved the firm. I absolutely loved the firm. But I couldn't do things how I wanted to do them. And that's when the slight non-conformist in me started to rail against, well, why does it always have to be done like this? There was no point leaving one traditional firm to start another traditional firm. So it had to be different. And this was my opportunity to do things my way. If you open the doors, the clients will come. And I just stuck to that, absolutely. It's kind of blind faith because it had to work. There, there wasn't an option because they fear that they won't be good enough or that they won't get the work or the clients won't come or they won't earn the money. And that's proved the hardest challenge. But we do work to live because we have to sustain ourselves and our families, yeah. but that is not all there is to life. And it's so important to, to, to kind of walk the walk as well. I believe everyone has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast, produced by H2 Productions. Okay, welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. My guest this week is a solicitor with over 28 years legal experience and managing director at Cognitive Law Limited. She's a past president of the Sussex Law Society and someone who has been on a mission to create a place where solicitors could work to live and not live to work. I'm delighted to welcome Lucy Tarrant to the podcast. Lucy, how are you? Oh, thank you, Sam. I'm a bit daunted. Uh, it's always a little bit, uh, feels a bit inquisitorial sitting here and <laughs> talking about yourself. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Thank amazing. you. It's been great, obviously, getting to know you a little bit and, and starting to work with you guys this year, which has been amazing. So and, and I know when we had a chat over a coffee and stuff, I was like, oh, got to get you in and have a, <laughs> and do it properly and let's, and let's film it and get it out there. So, because you've got a really amazing story. So, I'm, I'm excited to, to share with our listeners. <laughs> right, let, look, we're going to jump straight in. Yeah. Okay, so look, start start with a story. Tell me about what life was like growing up for you and maybe something about your early years that has shaped who you are today. Um, my childhood was probably a game of two halves. I had a very, very strict mother. Uh, physically strict mother of her generation um, came from very humble beginnings and was obsessed with ensuring that her children got all the opportunities and qualifications that she didn't as as a youngster um, post-war my dad um, my my idol he was quite a non-conformist he was he was a professional man, he was an accountant, he, but he there was a really strong non-conformist in him. So he was the kid who wouldn't join the combined cadets force at school, but was a what he called a conchie, a conscientious objector, wouldn't take any part in any establishment routine. Um, so he was always quite um, liberal. Mm. Um, and he he brought me and my sister up to be, I mean he was a feminist he was one of the first feminists I ever knew nothing was confined to gender y oh, yeah. you did 
everything depending on who you were, not what gender you were. He took us to football, cricket, speedway, you name it. He took us there because he wanted to, us to, oh, I don't know, be exposed to whatever, regardless of, of any sort of gender bias. Mm. He was, so he was, a, he was an accountant, but he worked in the city, so he commuted up to the city every day. So he wasn't really around for the kind of like the upbringing during the week, very traditional yeah. setup. So that's what I mean by a sort of game of two halves. The weekends were with this very liberal, loving... Uh, oh, I can't think of any other words, but the sort of like really all-embracing man and then a very strict, controlling mother during yeah. the week. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, they were pretty chilled. As long as the exam results came in, they were chilled. They didn't bat an eyelid when I went through my goth phase or my, my rockabilly phase, or my biker chick phase. <laughs> I mean, they were worried for me, hooning around town <laughs> on this ridiculously big motorbike. But they, um, yeah, it was follow it was follow your own path. Uh-huh. And wh- where did that, like, so, so was there a little bit f- from pushing you into that, but like, to become a solicitor, was that something that you, when did you want to decide that you wanted to do that? Because you obviously had a long career it, in the legal profession but what was that from a young age you thought what this is that's the route no, I want to do no not at all not at all I hadn't got a clue I hadn't really? got a clue I was happier reading books and uh, just doing my own thing I always wanted to do my own thing but my mum as I've said was quite um, obsessed with she wanted her children to have professions and it was came from the right place you know yeah, she yeah. wanted security for us that she hadn't had as a child so w- whatever you did, it had to be a profession. It right. was quite a limited <laughs> range. Yeah. Um, and I haven't got a clue. absolutely didn't have a clue. So when I went to uni, I did English because all I wanted to do was read books and go to the pub. I, I didn't have a clue. Yeah. But when I graduated, or just before I graduated, I still didn't have a clue. And it was kind of... So what was it about the law then? For, oh, because it was a profession, because your mum... Had- pushed you a little bit onto that path maybe or that very much so there had to be a profession but I didn't know what profession Mm. to choose Mm. you know um and it was a completely chance encounter I was a witness to a road traffic accident a fairly minor road traffic accident um while I was in Sussex on on holiday during uni and I was called as a witness to the magistrate's court and I went there to, to give my evidence and the prosecuting barrister um, for a start, was female. Secondly, uh, was a black woman. So, ethnic minorities are massively underrepresented in the law anyway. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. go back 30 years to find a black female prosecuting barrister yeah. was quite incredible. And I thought she was awesome. I just remember watching her thinking, I want to do what you do. This, this is it. That was my epiphany. Wow. And, um, and, and it kind of ticked the professional box, and it also ticked, it sort of ignited something in me. I just wanted, oh, it sounds really lame, you, I want to see justice being done, yeah. but I did. Yeah. Um, and that was it. That was That's it. A, I loved, I loved, I loved that, that when there's, there's something in, in our lives, because there's so many, how many children, how many people come out of school and have no idea no. what they want to do. No. But there, there's a moment sometimes in people's lives where there is this, that inspirational person or someone that just really stands out that changes your path oh, and, and absolutely she changed my life wow. she gave me a direction that i didn't have yeah. and she'll never know this i've never seen her before or after oh, wow. she'll never know 
mate. It's such a wonderful story. And 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 listen to you say as well about justice. Like as I, as I said, my, my wife obviously is a solicitor as well, and I, um, she always knew what she wanted to do. So she? she was different. She always like I, we know, we went to school together. So I'm uh, like. Uh, 12 or 13 or whatever writing letters to wanting to go and sit in court and that's what she all she's oh. ever wanted to do but um but same sort of thing as you she said she, there's something inside her that she just wants to see justice i just want the right thing yeah. to be done yeah. and yeah you just need sometimes that flame put under you yeah. and then that was it that was it i never look never look back no since. no it's a pretty slow slow route because <laughs> i hadn't got a law degree so i had oh, to kind course, of yeah. go and get a conversion degree and i did that part-time at Brighton Uni oh, okay. um, and I was working as a paralegal at the time so I was working full-time yeah. and going to uni part-time wow. um, my parents had they kind of not given up on me by then but they'd kind of thought that I was messing around a bit mm. they didn't agree with all my lifestyle choices the biker boyfriend the, the <laughs> leathers and stuff and they and I'd moved out and so I was fending for myself and trying to put myself through uni and working wow. and I mean, another, it's all about the lucky breaks or grabbing the lucky breaks when, when they appear on the horizon, mm. persuading the bank to um, fund me to go to law school. So law school, I mean, this is going back to, what, the mid-90s. So going to law school cost five grand. I mean, that's a lot of money now, yeah. but can you imagine, like, yeah. 30 years ago, that was even more money. Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't something I had, and my parents weren't, you know, really... They're a bit reluctant to to keep funding this ever long yeah, yeah. Uh, academic <laughs> pursuit. So I persuaded the bank to sponsor me to go to law school, and I did that two nights a week in Guildford whilst working full time as a paralegal. Still, so yeah. I'd finish early two nights a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, get in my clapped out little Beetle, drive to Guildford for four or five hours, then drive back two nights a week for two years. Wow! Wow! So, yeah, you talk about determination and focus. You had to have it. I had to have it in spades, otherwise it wouldn't have happened. And that, that's such a... I guess we'll, we'll move on to that later, but I guess the same when that comes to running your own business as well. Those type of... That mindset is something that, we again, we need in spades, yeah. don't we, to, yeah. to, to run your own business, the determination, because it is... And like you say, that laser focus and have that... That, that determination, determination, that yeah, that that drive. Yeah. I talked to her, my one of my best friends says to me recently. She said I was really worried about you during that period. She said because all you did was work, mm-hmm. go to law school, party, and you lived off toast. And she said <laughs> I was really worried. I lived in this revoltingly grotty flat in Kemp Town because I had no money. Yeah, yeah. And she said I was really worried about you, but you were just so obsessed. You were going to be a solicitor. I said, well, I told you, I I told you I was going to do it. And here we are. And here we are, 30 <laughs> years later. <laughs> but it's a, I'll tell you what, I've got to set up a, a, a lunch with you and Kelly because the similarities are so she was saying so she was at a, a place and she um, got her company, a new company at Tucker's, who she's actually still at now over 20 odd years, and, but got them to fund the legal practice course and she'd Did done it part time whilst working full time. Exactly oh yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah. So it's, uh, oh, I need to, I need to meet you, her. You, you two sounds get like on a kindred amazing. spirit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You get on so There's not so many of us who've managed to get through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Because it's like, like sim- we, I remember when we was there, it was, it was the cost. Like, she, I just can't not work. And no. It's not an option, unfortunately, no, we got is that, it? No, that, that money and you're like in that situation. But that again, same sort of thing. That tenacious determination to it holds you, like you said, in 
in life in general and such an amazing sort of quality to have it's, that's a brilliant so well let's so you, so you're, you've done that you've got someone to you become you've qualified as a solicitor and then so what then what then led you to 2014 i believe that you started cognitive what led you to um, do that well you, you, could you become a partner as well over the yeah, careers you've yeah, had the, yeah i worked to, my way up to yeah. partner and i guess within the within the within the law that is if you're a solicitor that is the kind of route mm. you 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 climb your way up to partnership that is the the dizzy height that you're you're striving to achieve yeah. but for me when i got there i, I mean uh, i loved the firm i absolutely loved the firm but i couldn't do things how i wanted to do them and that's when the slight nonconformist in me started to rail against well why does it always have to be done like this why do i have to come into the office you know uh nine till six every day why do i have to wear a suit why can't i go home when i'm feeling unproductive why can't i i don't know why can't i just do what i want to do i still within the the confines of of you know being yes. a professional person and still delivering and doing your job absolutely too. Yeah, 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 but there, there were just things that i just started thinking oh i want to do it my way mm-hmm. but you can't because you know in a in a big practice it, it's it's a bit like a a sort of like a steamship trying to turn or steer the direction, mm. you know, you, you can't do it very quickly. I wanted to be more reactive. I wanted to do things my way. Mm. I love it. I tell you what I found, like when we initially spoke, I think the first time we sat down and had a coffee and what I really took from the conversation, which was brilliant really, was how I guess, like, we go back to 2014, we come on to sort of lockdown and stuff, and I remember sort of talking to you about, oh, you know, what happened with lockdown. You said, actually, for us, we put so much the reason I started the firm was to put these this flexibility sort of in place to to allow so actually for us not huge amounts of no. change because we've created we'd already created so almost like our I guess our visionary you were for this is our really actually we yeah, we cannot work like this it is yeah. different from the norm we don't have to sit because I could never understand that not for any profession actually no. but the, the only reason that you're working is because you're sitting in front of me working from nine till five, yeah. you're clocking in and clocking yeah. out. Uh, like you said, some people are early risers, some people go at uh, night owls yeah. and they work more productive at that time. Like, actually, we don't, it's just because of, we always do what we've done. Absolutely, we? and, and, and I always felt, uh, rightly or wrongly, there was it felt like you don't trust me to do the work. Mm. I am a grown up, mm. I can do the work, and I will still perform at a really high level but why can't I do it my way but you, you can't behave like that in a, in a bigger firm that's just not acceptable yeah, um, sure. so when I got the opportunity um, so my uh, my former business partner Stuart Gillespie who as you know passed away last mm. year I owe I owe sitting here now to him because if it wasn't for him I would not have done this because he came to me he actually came to me in 2012 and suggested it and I wasn't in the right space. And was, am I right? Is it, was he not a He wasn't a solicitor, solicitor no. Yeah. He owned a group of recruitment companies. Mm-hmm. But he was incredibly entrepreneurial and visionary. And he had... One of his recruitment companies was a legal recruitment company. And he had seen some of the original challenger firms like Gunner Cook and Setfords and Keystone set up these um, sort of disparate practices. 
and he wanted he wanted to do it. He he was such a brilliant entrepreneur. He wanted to try something completely different, but he needed a solicitor to do it with. Mm-hmm. So he approached me in 2012, and I I wasn't ready um, mentally, wasn't ready. And he were you still me a partner at that point? Yeah, that yeah, point? I was yeah, still yeah. a partner, but I'd. What been do you a, think held you back then? At the end of the 2012? I was a lone parent for oh, okay. about six years, and kind of, it's kind of it. it flips both ways it's the reason I wanted to leave but it was also the reason I had to stay because when you're on your own and you're the sole breadwinner and everything depends on you you have to have an income you have to have that security for your child Mm. and that's what being a partner provided for me but the flip side was that I was I was struggling to cope mentally and emotionally Mm. because I was all things to my daughter um I had to drop her to breakfast club at eight o'clock, go and do a day's work, pick her up from after school club, and then I'm still, you know, cooking and sorting out whatever mm. you, you do at home. So it was it was hard work. And that coupled with my stroppy streak that thought I could do things a different way, that was when, when Stuart came back to me in 2014 and said, are you sure you don't want to do this? <laughs> I was like, oh, sod it, you know what? I'm going to have to do. Th- I'm going to have to do this. Because, mm. and I get. I guess obviously being a parent, that's part of the battle. You want to be. You you, you want to have, not have to put them in. No. After school club every week no. and every night, and not have to drop them off at breakfast club every single morning. And no. We have to do that from time to time and throughout the week, and that's part of part of it. But I guess, yeah, it's. Uh, I talk about it on here constantly, the whole work-life oh, balance thing. There was is, none. There yeah. was none. And my my daughter, I mean, she's independent as, as anything, mm. fierce as hell. And and she, I mean, we talk about it quite a lot. She doesn't begrudge it at all. She, she used to laugh at the time, oh, yeah, I'm the first one in the morning and I'm the last one out at night. She said, but... And she still says it now. I know, I know you had to do it. I know you had no choice to give me what you gave me. Mm. Um... But I didn't want to. I wanted that. I wanted to be able to pick her up, or mm. you know, take her shopping, or go for afternoon tea, whatever. I wanted to do yeah. it with her. Yeah. And you. So, so now, so Stuart's come back. So now, a different mindset and going, right, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna throw me um, the and with a mission to create that where there is more flexibility and there is. Yeah. I mean, I. There was no point leaving one traditional firm to start another mm. traditional firm. So it had to be different and this was my opportunity to do things my way because Stuart was he was there as the entrepreneur the seed financier but he said I could do it however I wanted which you don't get opportunities like that in your life very often so you have to grab it with both hands and I thought well I'm just going to start from day one with 100% flexibility so work wherever you like for whomever you like and as long as you you know maintain certain standards yeah. there's a lot of compliance in the law as you yeah, know and you've got to remain profitable but other than that I really don't need to be looking over your shoulder you're a grown-up you you can do this and you can go back to enjoying what you want to do what you fell in love with your passion the law yeah. but without the constraints Talk, talk to me a little bit about those early years then, like starting out. So was it just you and Stuart at the start? Was it yeah, just, and you, bear in mind, he was, a, he was not a lawyer. Yeah, sure. He was kind of very much in the background. He had other companies he was running. So yeah. 
literally opened the doors on the 1st of September 2014 and his recruitment companies were my first clients and I just had this well for anyone of my age who's watched Wayne's World 2 the ghost of um, Jim from the doors Jim Morrison from the doors he appears to Wayne in a dream and says if you book them they will come right that was my philosophy if you open the doors the clients will come and I just stuck to that absolutely it's kind of blind faith because it had to work there there wasn't an option but the the, the, touching on that do do you think because I guess when you've got to a stage that you have as a partner of a law firm that actually what's the worst that could have say a worst case scenario it didn't happen no like, no what, what what would it have been you've still you're still a qualified solicitor yeah. that's been a partner at a law firm with great experience that you go actually if this doesn't work out I, 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 you could, could obviously from a pride point of view i guess mm. and um you know None of us, I talk about failure on here a lot, and none of us obviously like to look at something that's fouled or whatever, that, but we do learn from those things. But there, there was, I guess, there, there's, always an, there's always an option, I guess. Yes, there's always there was. A, and a, 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 but I, I love the fact that, again, back to your determination point, that you didn't want to let that... No, to, to me it wasn't an option, but I, you're right. I mean, in the back of my mind, I still knew I was a qualified solicitor yeah. and if push came to shove, I could go and get mm. another job. Yeah. I mean, frankly, as a parent, you'd stack shelves in Tesco's, wouldn't you, to put food on the table. So you, you'd do whatever you need to do, but it wasn't going to fail. It was just blind faith. Yeah. It's so interesting, because I always use that analogy as well. I always say, if no, I haven't, I've had my own business for nearly 15 years now. And I've always said to my wife, and some, you know, I've openly talked about the salon clothes and we lost money and all sorts of stuff. And I've always said I will go and get, if I needed to put food on the table, I will go and yeah. get a job and I would stack yeah. shelves into yeah. it if I needed to. Um, thankfully, I haven't had to yeah. do that just because you, you do, you try and think a bit as, as a business owner, entrepreneur, whatever the label is, you, you try and think a bit outside the box. And, and then actually, when you take that leap of faith, it is that but self-belief. Yeah keeps you going yeah. isn't it and yes it is which is why I was really glad I didn't take Stuart up on his offer in 2012 I wanted mm-hmm. I'm glad I was ready when mm-hmm. I took it in 2014 and then it was just right this is going to work yeah. and that's interesting as well like the level of that level of self-awareness I guess as well to be able because because some people me included probably sometimes you can you get shown the, these opportunities the sh- yeah. and you see the shiny light and, go, oh, yeah. Yeah. and I jump in two feet and you go, oh, actually, and I, it's really fascinating to actually hear, you know what, to have that level of self-awareness going, this isn't the right time for me, what, at this moment this isn't the right time, but when it is, and, and then you took that leap I of faith. I think, yeah, you know. I mean, there was always a lot, I mean, this is something that I've said to a lot of people, I, I try and trust my gut instinct. Mm. And my gut at the time was, no, you're not ready for this, you've got more to learn where you are you will do it better if you wait mm. um and, and and lawyers are quite risk averse yeah, yeah. um so we're more perhaps more practiced in balancing the, the the pros and cons but then when it was time that's it i was all in watch out world <laughs> i love it and then so talk to i think it's like, what over eight years now yeah and, been it and um talk, talk to me about then that first person that come on board 
Oh my God! Yeah, that was that's another leap of faith. Yeah, absolutely. And she's still with us now. Karen was our first solicitor, and yeah, I was very aware that it was a leap of faith for her. She was leaving a traditional practice um, for not dissimilar reasons, though. She had two very small children, Mm. and she wanted. It was very simple. She wanted to spend more time with her family. It shouldn't be rocket science, Mm. but in traditional law firms, unfortunately, it, it often is, more more so in the past, mm. pre-COVID, um, but it is quite a rigid profession. Mm. And so she, she wanted to leave for that reason. And so she just got it. She yeah. just got it. Wow. I, love, I love it. I love the fact as well, we're talk, sitting here talking now, and she's the first person, mm. and she's still there now. Yeah, she's still here now. And... I mean, you, you would ask her and she'd say, well, I can't ever go back. Yeah. Can't go back. And then, and then from there, just continue to grow? And yeah, one person at a time. And it's been hard. I mm. mean, when you sort of say about what challenges, and I think one of the biggest challenges has been selling the message because it always comes back to how risk-averse solicitors are mm. by trade yeah. and in their personalities. It's hard to to show someone the benefit of stepping out of the comfort zone mm. of private practice to become effectively self-employed because they fear that they won't be good enough or that they won't get the work or the mm. clients won't come or they won't earn the money. And that's proved the hardest challenge, showing people that, yes, you can do it mm. and building up a support network for them to help them do it. And I guess that lends a lot, because with the model where you've sort of created, talk to me a little bit about the the culture then around that. How do do you, because you've obviously, you've put yourself out and gone, we're going to do something completely different way before. A lot of firms are trying to, I guess, catch up with you now and look at it and go, COVID was a big thing with that. They hit hard and gone... Actually, how Lucy's been doing it. So perhaps we should all. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot. There are a lot more out there now. Yeah. But, but looking at that, in that sense, and how visionary you were back then. So, but but with that, and that sort of self-employed type, or the way you've sort of created the model there. Talk, talk to me about the culture within cognitive law. Or what it was really important to me to still have a culture because the, there was always the danger of having self-employed consultants working mm. remotely. Um, doing their own thing that there would be no cohesion and no community but that's also such a big part of of working in a firm isn't Mm. it the people that you work with and we still learn from each other the whole time but so I wanted it to I wanted to grow something that was collegiate but hands-off and that's that was quite hard at the beginning because Mm. if somebody's self-employed you you can't tell them what to do Mm. you have to put the the systems in place to allow them to work to their best level but offering them a sort of a support blanket as well mm. but it's up to them if they take it yeah, okay. so we've always been very focused on making sure that there is community because that's such a again like, I've talked especially since COVID over the last couple of years I've talked on here a lot about the whole people working from home people being in the office and and the difference between those type of things mm. and how that uh, what that looks like and, and you're right especially i guess younger people coming through um you, 
and, and even those water cooler moments, just that, you know, that quick question you're going to ask you necessarily if you're at home, you're not going to do that on yeah. Zoom and, yeah. and, and ask that question. So you, you do. And actually, where me and you talked about this before about being people, people that we mm. like being out in the environment, like mm. being around, surrounding ourselves with people and going to different events and stuff like that. I think the complete remoteness of everyone working from home completely you do lose that a oh bit, i completely you? agree mm. completely agree it is a certain type of person and it tends so our model tends to attract those who are more qualified more experienced mm. so they are comfortable being at home and mm. they're confident in what they're doing but they're also sufficiently confident to pick up the phone and go Lucy, what would you do in this situation? Mm. And that's the culture that we have mm. we have embraced, mm. that, you know, the door is always open, it's just not in the same building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and could you do, and I, I think I was, when I was there a little while ago, you all come together, mm. don't you still bring yeah, people to Yeah, so. every, every quarter we get everybody down. Now, bear in mind, we've got, um, I mean, the furthest away our consultant is, we've got one in Germany, and she wow. flies over... And wow. we all get together and we have a meeting, some training, and then we go out and get something to eat and have a few drinks. And it's so important so that you still feel like you're part of something. something. Yeah, yeah. So, so how many are you now? What, how many? 15 solicitors wow. and five head office sort of support. Wow. And everybody works flexibly. So we, we still need a couple of people in the office because the phones and, yeah, and yeah, the yeah, posts, you know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the boring things. But they they work their own hours, and everybody else is completely flexible. So accounts, she's our accounts manager, Alex. She's flexible. In fact, she's moving to Spain, and she said to me when she was thinking about it, she said, um, "Can I still work for you if I if I move to Spain with my husband?" I said. Yeah, of course you can. She goes, good, because I told Derek I wouldn't move unless you said it was okay. <laughs> because I love working how I do. So she's an early bird. She gets up at 5 o'clock in the morning, yeah. does a couple of hours um, work, yeah. does whatever she does during the day, and then logs back on 4 or 5 o'clock in the evening and does the rest of the day. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't do that yeah. otherwise. And so, so she, yeah, she asked, of course you can do it from Spain. You can do it from anywhere. That's such a that's such a brilliant way of work. Like you said, it is just changing people's lives in the sense that you go, this 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 is what the traditional way is doing it, and we're going to break that mould and change it, and, and giving that flexibility to people to yeah. just be able to go, because you can like, get up and like you say, I guess go and work anywhere in the world. Well, you can, you literally can. So Jane, who who works in Germany, it's no different whatsoever to yeah. her being in the office next door. If I've got a problem, I phone her or I email her. It's no different. Okay, I just wanted to say something about one of our sponsors, Preston Insurance Brokers. Insurance is all about peace of mind, making sure that you're protected no matter what. There's no such thing as one size fits all, which is why Preston Insurance Brokers take the time to understand your business, how it works and how all the pieces fit together. Because they understand your needs and whatever risks your business faces, they can offer you bespoke insurance cover to help your business grow with confidence. Always safe in the knowledge that should the worst ever happen, they'll be here to help you weather the storm. Protecting businesses for over a decade, Preston Insurance Brokers will ensure that you're always in safe hands. No one on the team have been looking after all my business insurance for many years and offer a truly fantastic personal service. 
To find out more, contact the team at www.prestoninsurancebrokers.co.uk. Your business, your insurance. Okay, back to the podcast. Look, t- talk to me then. We, we, we sort of touched on a little bit there, but some of the challenges. Running a business is tough as it can be, but going out and putting yourself out there to not only run your own business, but to change the status quo a little bit and do something a little, push the boundaries and do something a bit different. Talk to me about over the last eight years of some of the challenges that you, you have faced. And well, I won't be the only business owner to say that running a business on your own is a lonely place. Mm. And you don't know what you don't know. Mm. I'm quite comfortable saying I, I know I don't know a lot of things, but you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So that was, that was a challenge. And I had Stuart um, mentoring me business-wise, mm. which was invaluable. But he'd never worked in a professional practice, so we started to diverge a little bit as to where we wanted to go with the practice. So he, as the entrepreneur, he he saw it as a, a business venture, a, a kind of like a money-making venture, which, mm. you know, is, is absolutely fair enough. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, it was creating a different law firm. So we started to very you know happily go our separate ways and I bought him out in gosh 2018 with his blessing he was delighted and actually I saw him I mean not that long before he died and I I wanted to kind of bit trite isn't it say thank you to him Um, and he said that nothing had given him greater pleasure than watching me grow the firm since I'd bought him out Um, which was you know really touching um, so where was I going with that? Oh yeah. So the challenges I fa- uh, the, I found weren't the day to day ones so much, but the direction and the decisions that because I had no experience, I didn't know what the next day should look like. Mm. And so I I um I work with a business mentor, and I have done for the last well about five or six years now. Wow. And without him, I think I would have really struggled. He screws my head back on, and he makes me look at things a different way he challenges me but not so that I get truculent but just says well do you have to do it like that because I don't necessarily know any other way so I'm quite open to oh okay all right maybe I should try that oh it's worked oh funny that you know so I think being open you have to be open and take support where you can find it Mm. and the challenge I think sometimes can be asking for help Mm. I, I completely agree, actually. And I, I, it's interesting about mentors because I've never had a mentor before. But something like this year, beginning of this year, something I'm started to think about more seriously. I've spoke to a few people who've done it, and loads, so many have gotten this such a. Because I guess, like, especially from your po- point of view, you go actually. I, I'm, um, most business people actually we are all winging it we yeah. don't know about how to run no, a business no, no. You don't, we haven't been to business school nope. like, these are the steps that I'm going to take to run a business the majority of people that have sat in that seat have gone to me I'm just winging it Oh, whatever we're, absolutely and, yeah. and we're all doing that so you do need sometimes a bit of it because ultimately for you you're, you're 
qualified solicitor. That's your mm. role and that's what you do. But your f- other side is that you're a business owner and yeah. you've got to still. But I'd never run never run a business, run a business yeah, before yeah. in my life. And, you know, Stuart taught me a lot. But once we went our separate ways, I was there thinking, oh, OK, so it's my baby now. Right. Yeah. Uh, what do I do yeah. next? And I'm quite comfortable saying that, you know, I really was winging it. It was a kind of, well, <laughs> I think that sounds like a good idea, so let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then being prepared to pivot when it all goes wrong, yeah. you know. You've but that, that's part that. I know it's the cliche thing about enjoying the journey, but that is part of the journey, isn't it? It's part of the, I guess, the buzz and the excitement of running a business is actually we are going to try different things. That's why we're doing it, yeah. because we want to yeah. be a little bit different. And, you know, I am going to try these things and I'm going to do that. And that might not work, but actually we'll learn from that because that might that Yeah, might that's work. the key, isn't it? Yeah. Learning from when, so recognising when something's not working, shutting it down and learning from it. Yeah. But that's a challenge in itself, I yeah, think. Yeah, and I guess it's 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 being open, like you said, listening to you talk, being being open minded because we can, you know, like you said, oh, you always test the you, you wanted to push the boundaries a little bit and test certain things, but actually being open minded to my way might not be the right mm. way, so I'm happy to take on advice from other people and go, oh, I see that, that might be more beneficial to to do it that way yeah and you've got to be open to that there's yeah. no point being completely blinkered a hundred percent for me uh, every day is a learning curve oh, and yeah. like I say I've been running businesses for 15 years I'm still winging it still mm. uh, <laughs> don't know what I'm doing and still going I'm going to get up every day and try something And um, but d- like doing this actually has been it's just an education for me I, I get to speak to amazing people like you and talk about their journeys and share that their challenges and their, you know, successes and all the bits in between. And you, the man I've learned, it's been, yeah. it's been incredible. It's, well, I think that's really exciting, isn't it, to, to learn from other people. Mm. And I think that's part of what running a business is all about is, mm. you know, you can learn from other people's mistakes and then you can benefit from, from when they've done it right. Yeah. And you, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think people often ask, and I will ask obviously later, we, we talk about who, who's in who inspires us and, and stuff like that. But one of the reasons for starting this is because, I, I, as you know, I love the business community here in Sussex, Brighton, but Sussex in general. And we are surrounded by people who are true inspirational people, like yourself included, who, go, who have started their own businesses and are running it and doing it every day, day in, day out. And that's, you know, we, of course, I listen to Diver CEO and mm. High Performance and all these elite people who have done amazing things and fantastic, but... We're all on the same journey, and we're yeah. all doing it. We're all in it together, yeah. and we're. I, I know it just fascinates me. It is a brilliant it. community down here. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've either lived, worked, or played in Brighton since the eighties. You know, yeah. I've, I, and I adore this city, yeah. um, and the community I think is incredible yeah. around here, and it's really supportive. When I first started, you know, and, and I really didn't have a clue. Mm so many people were willing to sort of you know just take me out for a coffee and say well have we thought about this or can I introduce you to so and so and that's what makes it but that that is a lot as well because I am a believer as well is that whatever it is that we're doing people buy from people Mm. so if you're a good person and you know, people will reach out and want to help and want to support. And I'm, I'm a real strong believer. Yeah, in that, I think me too. And and then also in paying it forwards. Yeah. So when you you yourself get the chance to to do something for someone else, doing it, not sort of smugly holding your you yeah. know your well being to yourself, but helping 
those as you were helped, which sounds really naff, doesn't it? But no, and, and not at all. I, I completely agree. Exactly that. I've, I've had so many helping hands over the yeah. years, and people just reaching out and giving me advice, putting me in contact yeah. with people. Yeah. That I've been fortunate enough to build a big network now, yeah. and, and I've love that people yeah. come to me and say so do you know someone that yeah of course yeah and i'll go and introduce them or or invite them to an event and yeah someone's just start, I've got a friend of mine who's just starting out she's been working in corporate for a long time and she's just started out on on her own journey to doing meditation and work, work wellness in the workplace and that type of thing come along i'm introduced to a few people yeah. put in touch and it's, i love that yeah i, get I so do much out i do that. i get a real buzz from that because well, obviously you run first friday mm. lunch club as well which is another place bringing yeah. people together and and you I mean, know, that's support. been an institution in the city yeah, since well certainly before i can remember so it's 25 years plus yeah. and i mean i've always thought that was really lovely because it's really just chilled and all the local professionals getting together, mainly gossiping, drinking. <laughs> but that's really important. We yeah. have to have somewhere to go and hang out and yeah. talk to our peers. And, and let our hair down. And, yeah. and actually, you're right, just bounce those ideas and actually go. And because uh, when, you, especially if you've been and had a few drinks, and you can sometimes people are a bit more open then, yeah. and you can just yeah. really relax and, and, and share those stories. Absolutely. And go, uh, tell me, you tell me if you've noticed a change, like over the, since COVID and over the last couple of years, where that people have been a little bit more honest, a little bit more open. Oh, about, absolutely. You know what? Things are a bit tougher at the yeah. moment, and whereas before you go, I, I was guilty of it. You go to a networking event and you're very much like, oh yeah, 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 really busy. Yeah, 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 great. Everything's great. You go, actually, it's okay to go. Things ain't that great in a moment mm. doesn't mean you're negative or you're but it, you can just say yeah well actually i'm finding this quite challenging at the moment mm. or this is, and being open to that and not seeing that as a weakness and being a bit vulnerable around it because then people I, I feel i've seen that shift in people's minds i completely agree um i've always tried to be quite open and i'm quite happy to tell someone actually you know i'm really struggling at the moment mm. um whatever it is whether it's my mental health or you know i'm a mad menopausal woman and you know i'm quite happy to say to people now because you've got to be it's all about authenticity isn't it i mean no one's going to work with me unless they feel they can trust me and and hopefully like me but trust i think is more important mm. than being liked and if i'm not honest with them then they're not going to be honest with me and it's not going to be a refreshing healthy relationship so i'm quite happy to say to someone actually we're going through a really crap time at the moment um and someone will always well, even if they just put an arm around you and say, "Come on, you, you've been here before. You, you'll, you'll get out of it." That's all you need, isn't it? And I think yes, there is more openness. Yeah, I love uh, what I take out of that massively is the word authenticity. I think ultimately, God, we've got to live a life true to ourselves, and we've yeah. got, to, and because it's so hard to if we're not doing that and we're not living. I, I remember I talk about it about the salon and. I wasn't myself then. I went in as my first business and I run it thinking I was, you know, I was a boss and not a leader. And I was trying to be this strict person. I'm a happy-go-lucky guy, like, you know what I mean? I'm really serious and like, you just can't live a life no. like that. You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to be true to yourself and be authentic. How can I sell the message of, you know, work to live, not live to work, if I'm being a complete 
hypocrite and at my desk 12 hours a day and not living my life so I've always tried to be really genuine about what motivates me so why I want to work flexibly is well I've started off with my daughter now she's at university that that's less of a an issue but it's so I could get a dog so I could do some yoga so I could go running um, so I could spend more time at home and be true to my my passions mm. because I mean we all work we do work to live because we have to sustain ourselves and our families yeah. but that is not all there is to life and it's so important to 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 kind of walk the walk as well yeah. and so I mean I, I have spoken to a few people about the whole menopause thing like I really suffer from fatigue and insomnia and if I didn't work flexibly I would be absolutely dead on my feet but the fact that I can sleep in late or have an afternoon nap or yeah. something means I can function as a person and it still enjoy life was in in an inflexible environment that's not possible and women leave the legal profession quite quite a lot particularly around my age early 50s because it's hard bloody work yeah. and, and like you said especially you talk about menopause and there's a lot of talk around that at the moment and again in a great way that people are being more open about it yeah. bit because actually there are that situation hormones and stuff that you unless that's addressed as well but like you said from an employee point of view I've, I've been talking with um, Carol Gillian Smith who's the she's the doctor at the or founder at the Agora Clinic obviously does fertility and stuff but she does a lot of talks around menopause and we're talking about doing some stuff around that but and actually bringing it into more of the workplace making it more of an open conversation yeah. because like you say how many potentially women haven't address that situation might leave the profession because absolutely well i mean statistically more women will go through the menopause than have babies right mm. yeah, yeah, but yeah. every company will have a maternity policy yeah. and they they will have that process mapped out yeah. but you know get to your 50s and you talk about the menopause and I mean, we never used to talk about it at all. Yeah. I did not know what was going to hit me. And that all of my girlfriends say the same thing. And if we don't talk about it and educate, well, open amongst ourselves, but also educate everyone else in the workplace. Yeah. From, from, again, I 100% agree. And I think actually like, preparing people for what potentially is, is going to happen. And because it, it happens to people maybe sometimes who are younger as yeah. well. And yeah. if it's in it, and that that can come about but similar with that similar with fertility as well fertility yeah. I think the lack of education around those subjects at a younger age as well like whether you go into schools or whether you you know young adults whatever that looks like but actually one thing is really important to start the conversation and make it more accessible it's not a taboo subject no. let's talk openly about it on here and talk about menopause talk about fertility yeah. issues and stuff like that that because if they're not addressed, and it is that taboo subject, people won't be open and won't. Because I remember when we, we, we had a long, we're obviously the reason I know the Agora is because we had the kids from IVF, so yeah. I, I know that really well. But we had a massive long journey. Like, and it hit Kelly like a ton of bricks when we had miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies because up until then, everything she wanted in life, she worked, well, if I work hard, I'm going to yeah. get there. Yeah. And you don't expect then them. Nature's sort of cruel yeah, joke. Yeah, and it's... What the only way, and when you start opening up them conversations and talk about it, actually go, well, one in three people have had a miscarriage. Wow, well, I'm surrounded yeah. by people. Why don't got, people talk about yeah. it? 
And I think, yeah, I think creating workplaces and creating different environments where people can talk more openly, I think is going to be... Oh, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Just giving people a safe space to to have those conversations. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I, I want to touch on as well about the work-life balance. You, you mentioned just there about the walk the walk, talk the talk thing. So I do want to, I do want to delve into that a little bit around the. You set you obviously because you set out. I wanted to create a place where solicitors could work to live and not live to. Work. Do Do you feel that actually you've really created that with all the people you've got there and. But for yourself, like, <laughs> do you, I live by do, it? Do you live by it? That's what I'm really keen to because. Uh, it's something we all struggle with yeah. right, and getting that balance right. It's, and it's not as easy as I would like to make it <laughs> sound. It really isn't. Because I, I talk to some of my consultants and they say, oh, I don't know how you do it because you're, I'm still fee earning and I'm running the practice. And they say, well, you know, you've created this environment where all we have to do is just do our client work and then go and play golf. Whereas you do that and you're running the firm. And... It has that has been a challenge because mm. a bit like anyone I think who 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 builds a business, there is a slight egotistical well, only I can do this mm. i I know what I'm doing, I know what needs to be done we'll we'll do it my way, and you have to have that within you, otherwise you wouldn't have the drive. Yeah, but it's also easy for that to flip over into, well, no one else can do it, so I've got to do everything. Mm. And you can be, well, I have had experiences of, you know, being a bit of a martyr to it. Mm. Um, and thankfully, I've got a really good support group, and they, they bring me up short when I start <laughs> behaving like that. But I have struggled with, with my own work-life balance, but I think now... It's, it's got better, mainly because my daughter, I said to my daughter a couple of years ago, right, I'm going to work four days a week. And she went, okay. And it never happened. And so then I, a little while later, I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to work four days a week. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the next time I said it, I was like, no, I really, really am mm-hmm. this time. And I've stuck to it this time. Oh, yeah. I really have. And I've had three holidays now where I haven't even opened my emails Really? Yeah. So I feel like I am being authentic now. Yeah, that's really. Good. But there is a there's a caveat to the, to the question, I guess, a little bit because I do think that actually, when you when when you start your own business and you go, it, it's your baby, isn't it? Yeah. And like with children, you you nurture, you want to be there, and because you love it so much, which you, you talk, you can tell how passionate you are about it because that comes across every time I've met you, and you, that you can tell that comes across. So actually, there's a, there's a bit of a difference there between it, you, you do love it. So actually, working on it and being involved maybe a bit more than other people is actually okay because because yeah. you love it. I think it's being mindful of the fact that I can't do that twelve. 14, 18 yeah. hours a day because yeah. uh, I've got to have some time for me and there's got to be some other stuff out. So we, we spoke offline, didn't we, about we love both love food. We're both foodies, so going out and eating and yeah. having a drink and stuff like that, they're things that we enjoy doing too. It's, it's having that balance between those, yeah. th- those things but not feeling le- guilty about no, it. No, and, and that takes learning, I mm. think. It's not as instinctive mm. as one would think. Um when you first started did you was it the impression well I've created this space now I'm gonna I'm gonna live this I'm gonna spend less time here and then I'll go and do my bit of work when I can I'll be as productive as I can I think I read an article that you wrote about knowing that 
actually I've got to, I want to try and be as productive as I can, especially when um, your daughter was younger. So I've got to be as productive as I can between ten and three. Yes, yeah. when I've got yeah. to do it, and then I can work a little bit later. And yeah, I'll and I and I still very much do that. It's mm. I don't mind hard work, not mm. afraid of that. But it was on my terms, yeah. so I could bust a gut between ten and three, but that was fine because then after she, I'd spend the afternoon and the evening with her, and then when she'd gone to bed. There's no resentment to doing another two or three hours work. That's what I mean about doing it on your own terms. Yeah, and I think that's and, and that's it. It's just tapping it, and everyone is different, aren't yeah. they? Some people yeah. are not going to be able to work late at night because no. they just switch off and they're not productive. Other people will, like you said, your ca- accountants, she's up in the morning and at five yeah. o'clock in the morning yeah. and, uh, as I am, and you can get on and, and sometimes get so much done in that, that short oh, space. Do you know time. what? One of my favourite times to work, and this is really sad, is at the weekends yeah. because the emails don't come in and you can clear so much work, but then the trade-off will be... Um, I'll, I won't work on Monday and I'll go off and do my thing and I'll enjoy a really nice, quiet, Lucy day. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter that you've worked Saturday. It's and have you, over the years, and as, as easily as the company's grown, as you, have you, have you recognised that then a little bit more? I've got to take that more time yeah. for me. And yeah, absolutely. Because I think, and I think a lot of business owners will say this, you can become so focused, so head down into it, that sometimes you need someone to pull you up by the scruff of the neck and say, could you just look around you and come on, out you come. Um, And yeah, there have been points where my family have sort of said, no, come on, stop it, you've got to stop. But it's because you love it. Yeah, you can't yeah. help it. It's so, uh, it is, it's, last I, I, it's the one thing I talk about and hear so much. And I'm, My one goal really this year, I said at the beginning of the year, was to be more try and be more present um, I've started meditating do you meditate yes I do really? I practice yoga oh wow yeah I went on a yoga retreat to India last oh, wow. November which was amazing that was one of my first steps into proper self-care so yeah I'm completely on board with that tell me about how long have you been meditating for well, not that long. I think it really, I mean, I tried, but it's its quite hard to just do it yourself. I needed yeah. the guidance and yeah, sort of sh- shown how to meditate. <laughs> yeah. So it really only started last November when I went to India. Wow. Because I, I, I get, I only, man of people have been on and saying that, but said to me, you just need to meditate. And I'm like, okay. So this year, I've like, beginning of January and I've started I've done pretty much most days I'll get up and I'll try and do the same sort of thing like I have to listen to someone yeah. and guide it yeah. and try and, and I, but I just find it really hard to to shut that brain yeah, down yeah me too and, me too and I wonder so many business owners I guess because it's just naturally out of our brains are wired yeah it is really hard to, to, to shut off the noise mm. but I guess I mean it's with anything the more you do it yeah, yeah. the easier it will get yeah I tell you, I did. I, mean, I posted last week. I've done a, uh, I've done a sound bath. Have you ever? <gasps> yes. Oh my God, they're beautiful, aren't they? Blew, blew me away. Really. Uh, uh, this was the first time I can honestly hand on heart say, for the first time, I understood what meditation was. Yeah. Because the person who was doing it with me, my friend Carl, she was. Went into that state where I could hear her constantly. I was yeah. really present. Yeah. I was in the moment. Every time she spoke to me, I breathed deeply, and I was there. But. I felt like I was floating and yeah. my mind was uh, dreaming almost yeah. and it was a magical, quite a magical experience yeah. actually and I, uh, and that, that I felt was, this is what meditation yeah. is and then I tried to do it on my own and I'm like, oh, yeah, 
it's not quite the same. <laughs> no, I mean, that is an incredible. It's it just, it gives you something to focus on. It kind of blocks out. It's, I don't know, it almost creates a sound barrier, doesn't it? Yeah. And stops all the chatter yeah. and gives you the focus of the sound bath. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're in sound bars on the way forward. Look, I want to want to move on. I, I asked this question quite because obviously the narrative around success and what that looks like to people. So throughout your story, obviously you talk about you know the journey and where you've been, where you are now, where, and where you're sort of going. But what, what? How do you define success? What's success to you? Oh gosh. I didn't know you were going to ask me that. <laughs> I think for me it's actually personal happiness because I think it's really easy to to work hard and achieve um, a status or a perceived financial goal. But this sounds really woo, doesn't it? It's It's the internal happiness that means most to me. It's the enjoying what I do at work, enjoying the time I'm not at work and feeling fulfilled by both so it's not about earning loads of money or you know everyone telling you what a what a roaring success you are it's about feeling that self-fulfillment for me i i set out with a with a goal which i wouldn't say i've achieved it yet but i'm happy on my path to achieving it but i'm also happy with how the rest of my life now sits with me I completely agree, I, and I, I, it's so lovely to hear you say it because there is still the narrative that, that someone's success is based on their financial status, yeah. isn't it? I yeah. think that's what... That doesn't really interest me desperately mm. much. I've never been one for a flash car or, mm. a, you know, designer labels. That's, that doesn't yeah. really interest me. It's So my next project, my next piece of fulfilment is we're buying a camper van, which... <laughs> Is well, it could be a midlife crisis, but <laughs> actually, it just feeds into what's going to make me happy. And so, I suppose you know, some some people at my age would go off and buy a sports car or a designer label, whatever. But no, I just want to go off with my husband and my dog and drive around and be chilled. Amazing, because they're experiencing. Oh, they're, they're, they're the you can't buy those. Yeah, you yeah, really yeah. can't. And I love that. Yeah, it's about the memories and the experiences. It's not about, yeah. you know. You, you mentioned there about I've got this goal in mind and I want that I'm on the path to achieving. What is that? What is that ultimate goal? Um, ultimately, I would like to exit the business. Um, it's also no secret that I would like to apply to the judiciary. I've already oh, tried and failed once. To I've. Um, applied to be a deputy district judge uh, I'm quite happy to admit my failure um, but I will keep trying um, and that's really quite important to me that's my kind of next step on the seeing justice being done journey for me um, I'd really like to become a part-time deputy district judge so that's my my next professional goal um, so yeah a kind of easing out of running the business and then easing into the judiciary if they'll have me Amazing. Exactly the same as where Kelly is. That's is it? She's, she's applied and vowed. Oh, has well. she? Yeah. Oh, see, yeah, I need yeah, to go yeah. and so have yeah. a few drinks with yeah, Kelly yeah, yeah. because Absolutely. we need to swap stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, but that's her ultimate dream. Her goal yeah. is exactly that. She wants to. She'd love to be a judge. And oh. That's amazing. So lovely to. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 
Awesome. Well, look, so you sort of answered that next question. I guess that is what the future holds for you. Right? Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I step. can't ever see me leaving the law, but mm. I don't want to keep practicing on and on and on. I'd like to sort of mix it up a bit. Mm. So downplay the, the firm and upgrade the, the judge so side. When you say, would you still be involved in the firm? Would you uh, have, do, do you see coming out completely in the, in the the next generation money or I suppose if I was really business minded I would tell you I have this exit plan that I'm going to sell it in you know 2018 or whatever I don't know I'm very much I'm a bit opportunistic you know I'm going to keep going until there will be a moment and I don't know what it will be but something will happen and it will either be an offer to buy or uh, somebody coming in to to do what I do and helping me step out. I don't know what it'll look yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but it'll it'll yeah. present itself when it's ready. Amazing, amazing, Lucy. It's been so lovely chatting to you. It really has. It's been lovely hearing your journey oh, and and you. story. And it's it, fascinating. Listen, like I say, talking to you and seeing the passion that you've mm. got for it and the enthusiasm and your the energy that you provide is, is amazing. So I'm going to, as always, I'm going to finish with our quick fire questions. Oh, God, okay. Ones at you. So, oh, this is where I failed completely, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, one piece of advice do you give to your oh, teenage self? Oh, my teenage self is be true to yourself and, yeah, just do you. Brilliant. Who has inspired you in your career and why? Do you know what? It's my dad. So I lost my dad last year, so there's been a lot of, a lot of thinking and processing what he he gave to me in life and he gave me that you do you but also you know within the confines and the structures of what's morally and societally right but um just be your best you can you recommend a book or a podcast to our listeners that has had an impact or influenced you God, this is where I have to confess that I don't really read or listen to business stuff because if you do it all day, I read, I tell you what, the one that did have an impact was Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In, which I know is, is, is not very popular now, but actually that really helped me kind of take a, you know, strap on my big girl pants and take a big step forwards. Other than that, I mean, I'm a, I read novels the whole time. I like the kick-ass Brontes because they didn't take any crap. <laughs> they they and they produce some rock and roll heroines in their novels, yeah. so they are very influential. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. Your last one. Your one rule for living a fulfilled life. Oh, one rule for living. Be true to yourself. Amazing. Listen. What a brilliant episode. Oh, bless Thank you. you so much for coming on. Oh, and it's been, it's been my great pleasure. getting to know you. When we actually finally sat down and had a coffee together, we'd say, How many times we've gone at the same things and people said, Oh, you need to speak to Lucy. I know. And, I know. And, and now finally. we have. And I'm so glad we have. Oh, yeah. And I can't oh, wait yeah. to meet your wife as well. Oh, 100% <laughs> we've got to set that up. Wow. The, the similarities. Yeah. Quite it's quite shocking, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, thank you so oh, much for your time and sharing your story. So welcome. Thanks, Sam. And that, as they say, is a wrap. This is the County Business Talks podcast, produced by H2 Productions.